The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Show on the Wild Style Network. Here are your hosts, Q, Smitty, Matt, and Jay Cam. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Wednesday night edition. We are live, Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. I'm Smitty. I'm in studio. We got the guys up in Pittsburgh. Let's just dive into it, guys, really quick. Uh, man, we were just talking a couple seconds ago, talking Cy Young. Talk. So let's dive into Major League Baseball talk. We got three games tonight that we can try to help some people out. And if you're watching live tonight and you have a question, let us know if you have an opinion on a team or a Cy Young or anything, World Series ticket, let us know, and we'll answer it the best we can here tonight, guys. I know I have one of these guys. I have one of these games tonight, so I'll I'll give you why I like this game if you guys like any of these other games, and maybe we can uh, get some winners for everybody here tonight. First game tonight at 8-10, you got the Cubs, White Sox, Stroman against Lynn. I'm on the Cubs tonight, guys. I like this. You know, Lance Lynn... Six and nine, 6.180 ERA. And man, everybody wants them. Did you hear all the trade talks today about Lance Lynn? Yes, I did. And uh, I don't think there's a lot out there. So that's, that's part of why he's got a proven track record. You know, I mean, the numbers this year haven't been great. They're getting better. Each time I look at it on my little model, which usually is like the last month of starts, it's progressively gotten better. So you're still getting the quality veteran arm. But yeah, it's. You can tell it's a uh, seller's market whenever Lance Lynn's going for a high price. What do you think, Matty? Uh, I'm up on you guys. I'm on the White Sox. Uh, Lynn struck out, I believe, three straight, 10-plus guys maybe. Not Don't hold me to that. The problem is he gives up about two, two-and-a-half home runs a game, which is a backbreaker for him. I don't know what the weather's like. I assume it's probably scorching out there. So um, the nine... I, I think I just saw an eight and a half pop up for the over under, which is crazy. So I think if you grabbed a nine for the under, that was the right play. And that looks like to have moved, but yeah, I'm on the white Sox. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be rooting against you guys. Plus even money. So it's a cubbies are hot. Cubbies are hot. But yeah. Yeah, Stroman. Go ahead, Jason. You like Stroman? Uh, Stroman. Stroman's been good with the fastball and the sliders. White Sox don't hit the fastball and the sliders, so that's why I'm on the uh, the Cubbies here. They've won four straight. I'm going to ride them while they're hot. I mean, you look at it, it opened. I'm looking at scores and odds right here. It opened minus 132. It's down to 110. Uh, I can't remember. I think I got it at minus 115 this morning here. You know, here's the thing about Lynn. Lynn's 2-4, and four, 6.11 ERA at home. Last two starts, both on the road. He's given up. Combined six home runs. The guy gives up a lot of home runs. Now, Stroman, you look at him, and his name is in a lot of the trade talks, too. And I think the Cubbies, here in a couple minutes, we'll talk about some trade talk information. I mean, this is the guy right here that I think could get moved. This Cubs team's tricky, because if you look at the wild card, they're only five games out. A lot of, I mean, could they make a move? I mean, they're not far out of it. I don't know. I mean, Stroman's been a little shaky the last couple starts if you look at his numbers. But uh, looking at, he's 4-2, 3.11 ERA on the road. I don't really like the line movement in this, but I had to take the Cubbies tonight. So two of us like the Cubbies. Maddie, 
one with the white socks. Lovely 89 degrees there in the uh, former cell, the guaranteed rate field down on the south side where I don't think there is any wind, but if there is any wind, it's a little bit blown out. So that definitely doesn't favor Lynn, who likes to come up to go for balls, like you said. So Maddie might be on there with that over tonight. That might be a good call. All right, let's bounce to another quick game here at 8-10 also tonight if you want to jump on this one. This one's a big one here. You got the Rangers-Astros. This is a battle for first place, man. The uh, Astros have taken the first two out of the series. I was on the Astros last night. I think it's Andrew Heaney or Henny against Valdez. Uh, anybody on this game tonight? I was a little shocked. I'm going to say something. I was a little surprised on the higher number. I mean, minus 196 at scores and odds right now. Is that what you guys Ooh. are saying? I mean, is there no, a I got one. I got minus. I actually am on this game. I took the uh, the Strohs. I got minus one seventy, which is still a little higher going against Heaney, but but that's not bad. He hasn't been all that great in the last month, so I'm gonna fade him. And Valdez has been pretty good. This Astros team's kind of got through the uh, bad times, so I think they're starting to pick it up. What do you think, Matt? Yep, um, I too am on the Astros. I got a minus one seventy five at the gym, so about an hour and a half ago. The Rangers really struggle against lefties, and Valdez at home is averaging giving up two runs a game. So, I mean, the prop the prop bet on Rivers was over under two and a half on him, and I believe it was minus 120. I didn't touch it, but I think the Astros is the right play, even though I don't like the bigger number like you, but that's not too awful. I'm not too hateful at 175. I don't think that's a bad price, guys, personally. I, th- I mean, that's I think that's a great price. Per- you know, like Maddie just said, Valdez, uh, three and four, 2.13 RA at home. So, I mean, really good. Um, the Astros are six and one last seven. Texas is one and four last five. So and they 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 really struggle against Lefty Smitty, and they're kind of banged up. They're just kind of they're they're like the Rays right now. They're they're treading water. They're battling. Um, they're not out of it by any means, and they're still a really good ball club. But I think they're just in a rut, a little summer swoon here. Okay, well, I, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. No, it's exactly. Yeah, I think the Rays and the Rangers are in the same exact boat. Uh, they started off so well, and uh, you got youngish teams, and the, the hot weather's got here, and they're kind of just fading a little. They just kind of need to kind of touch bottom and uh, try to get back ready here in the last month to uh, get themselves in position for the playoffs. They're probably both in, so I don't think they sweated too much, but uh, definitely not playing their best baseball. Well, Texas, I want to come back to in a couple minutes here with you guys because I really want to, I want to ask a couple things about some trade talks here because the deadline is Tuesday, I believe. And that is the last time that you can trade in the year um, until the season's yeah. done. So I want to hear Texas is a team and I have just an idea I want to throw out to you guys here. So let's just finish. Then we have a 945 uh, game tonight. Um, you got Oakland playing San Francisco. Hogan Harris, that's a great, that's a great name. I had to look that name up today. Hogan Harris goes for Oakland tonight, two and four, six point one one ERA. Ryan Walker is it's uh, he is an opener, and I think Alex Wood is coming in after that um, for the Giants. Now here's a great line because you know again. Oakland's really, really bad. Greg Peterson, our friend Greg Peterson, that's been on the show many, many times. We did this out, I, I think it was two days ago. Oakland is 27 and 14 run line in their last 41. If you were taking hey. Oakland with the run line, the last two games, they're 2 and 0. Oh. I looked it up. They, I mean, they're, they lose like two, you know, it was like 2 1. It was very low scoring games here. 
Any thoughts on this? Because I bet I don't. Let me see. Because my I'm going to let you guys just throw the numbers out. Scores and odds seems a little high, so I'm going to let you guys. What is the line well, you, in this Giants game tonight? It's up to minus two fifty because you have dual openers now. Because Freddie Tarnock's going to be the opener for Oakland, and oh. he'll be followed by Hogan Harris. Oh, okay. Maybe, I did not know that. So maybe a pro wrestler from the south, um, <laughs> mid south <laughs> wrestling. Hogan <laughs> Harris. Hogan Harris. He's, 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 he's like those early Carter guys who like kind of builds up the good guy. Yeah. I like uh, that. <laughs> yeah, you got dual openers. So you got two righties going. And like you said, you'll have Wood and you'll have uh, Hogan Harris following that. Um, Giants bats are fairly cool. So, you know, but taking the A's plus one and a half is not the worst idea ever. Um, and they definitely hit the um, righties. Like they're hitting a, pretty much a 30% below average. So, not really great. But like I said, cool air in the Bay. You can definitely see a low run scoring environment. So, plus one and a half definitely plays a little more. Maddie, any idea on this game? You're going to play it tonight, 945. Yeah. Um, so, people who don't really pay attention to baseball and standings in general, the Giants are in second place in the NL West. They're ahead of the D-backs who are scuffling. We can throw the D-backs in with the Rays and the Rangers right now. I actually think I'm going to look bigger picture. If if I were to bet that game specifically tonight, I would actually put the Giants into a parlay with the White Sox and the Astros tonight, make it a three-teamer, and you can probably get get a decent plus money. That'd be good money, yeah. The one so, th- but I'm going to look bigger, look bigger picture, though. See what you can find on the Giants to win the NL West. Because I think they are a team that's going to go get somebody. Uh, I don't know who. Uh, Lance Lynn would actually be a terrific fit there in a, in a kind of a pitcher's park. They do definitely need that. They're going to get a guy who's been a key cog for them. Tyro Estrada is coming back soon. And he was absolutely killing the ball. I think they, they tread water and just keep winning out here. And I think they actually – have a shot to win the NL West. That, it might be crazy to me, but the Dodgers already seem to be worried, and they've already uh, hammered a trade out today. So, yeah, you have, you have a plus eight hundred at the book I'm looking at right now. So yeah. that's a nice little price, especially this late in the season. They're four four games out. Dodgers lost today, and you know we'll talk about the Dodgers here in a second with some trades because again, I, I'm you know the pitching. I don't know. Real quick, that Hogan Harris doesn't he just sound like Barry O? Wouldn't that be a great tag team? Perry Owen, He's definitely a guy who Hogan, like raises Hogan Harris. Like I, had to, I had to throw yeah. that out because you guys are both wrestling fans from the back in the day and everything. So I, I, I'm probably going to stay off that game. I had the Cubs tonight. I, if I would give any action out on that, the Astros came back. Their second baseman and first baseman, I think, got reinstated today. So that's the thing. So, okay, let's take this right into the trade talk. Trade talk's Tuesday. And I mean, I love the trade talk. Pirates are usually sellers and you just try to look for prospects and everything like that. So I want to jump first. I got a couple things and let me just, I'll bounce it off you guys really quick with some ideas here. I'm going to go first to Maddie because Maddie's a big Phillies fan and the Phillies are playing really good baseball. They're in a uh, game tonight with Baltimore, just a great series, but teams, both teams are really good. Phillies came in, I think, 54 and uh, 47. You know, they're 11 games out. They're not going to get, they're not going to win the division, people. But they're coming right there in the wild card. They are, I think, a half a game out of the wild card. And I, in my beliefs, they're going to they're gonna get in the wild card. They're going to be a playoff team. Maddie, just as a Philly fan, where, if you were the GM, what are you doing on Tuesday or before Tuesday? I'm going big. Um, they need one more starter. 
and they need a good starter. Not a, I, I, I don't want to call him <laughs> marginal. I, I don't want Lynn and I don't want um, Stroman in that band box. I think they need to press the men who probably are going to be relentless to give up Scherzer. But the problem with the Phillies is even more so than the actual starter that they need, they need a corner infielder. They need, they need a first baseman. And uh, Goldschmidt is the likely play, which is a huge splash. But they do have a good farm system. Not great, but good. They have to get Schwarber out of the outfield. They have to get him in just a DH role. He's, I mean, he has a good OPS. And he's doing what they need. He's getting on base, but he's hitting 182. Your leadoff guy cannot hit 182. And that's a huge key. I think they should actually hit Bryson Stott in the leadoff, get him more plate appearances. He's a grinder. And he does get on base, but yeah, they're going to make moves, Smitty. I hope they're big moves. I don't foresee it, though. I actually think it's going to be a boring trade deadline. I think it's going to be just marginal guys going all over the place. And we'll bring up a name, I'm sure, here in a little bit, but I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let Jason chime in. Well, the Phillies uh, on MLB trade rumors, Teoscar Hernandez and Ramon Lariano are two guys that are mentioned there. That, that fits exactly with what you said, though, where you, you get a right fielder you're, or you put a Schwarber on, in the DH hole and you kind of fix two things at once. Yeah. Um, and those guys could, well, Hernandez could, but Lariano could actually probably hit the top of the order. Not well, but and he hits lefties well, which apparently they've struggled with this year, which is crazy given the composition of their lineup. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, we could – we could definitely interest you in some guys from the Pirates here. You can play a little first base, maybe a little Connor Joe. Can I interest you in Connor <laughs> Joe? Good bench bat. Good bench bat. Connor Joe just fits in with the guys we just brought up from the the Mid South wrestling thing. That's that's <laughs> definitely a wrestler. He looks he like an AEW big Carter. I've said that all yeah. year. Like what a modern guy do? though. Well, let me He's jump. gonna be paired up with Iron Mike Sharp. Oh man, no, 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 no! <laughs> they a trade just went down. Uh, Rosario, the shortstop from Cleveland, just went to the Bad Dodgers. Cinegard uh, just went to Cleveland. That they're, they're going to cut him. And then the it's, Dodgers. It's Dodgers there. have been active because didn't they just bring? Isn't it Kiki Hernandez just came yeah. back? Yeah, he just came back yesterday. And they sent a couple arms here. Okay, so let me. I'll jump this to Jason here with the Dodgers because the Dodgers have the money. They have. They usually have the prospects. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I'm not jumping on that right now. I mean, maybe in a day or so, I'll jump on their top thirty prospects and start looking at people. And their arms are a little iffy, Jason. You know, you look. I mean, some of these guys are young guys, and they throw hard. They have some of their prospects up and everything. What do you think the dog? Because like Maddie's on the Giants, Arizona's there. I think Arizona's going to make a splash here. These teams are going to go. I, San Diego, I want to bring up here too. What do you think the Dodgers do? They got Hernandez. They got this shortstop. I think they need arms. I mean, do you think they're going to go and try to get an arm here? Now, Lance Lynn, I, I, real quick, not Lance Lynn today. I read was to Tampa, and then I saw later a rumor to the Dodgers. Yeah, I got to get Dodgers to get in here. I mean, this is their current rotation as we speak. Urias, Gonsolin, Bobby Miller is a rookie, like you mentioned. Emmett Sheehan, who I believe is also a rookie, and Michael Grove. Now, those guys are the three rookies in your top five rotation will not get you a World Series. <laughs> like So they need to make a little experience there and expand their uh, pitching depth. The bullpen's really good. So, I mean, they can obviously get through the late innings. 
So they need some guys for the first five or so. Um, so they have to make that move. Uh, as I was trying to look at their prospects, any of those guys could go the other way in a trade, right? You're going to trade some youth for experience. I mean, Lance Lynn in a big ballpark like that's definitely going to play pretty well with his homer issues. Um, Stroman's the same way. He kind of those are two similar pitchers. I mean, they don't look the same, but they kind of pitch the same. Um, but either of those guys would be an improvement just because they've been there and done that. I don't think talent wise they are, but they're kind of more ready now. But that you look at that lineup. They're obviously trying to address um, left-handed pitching with acquiring Hernandez, who kills lefties. Uh, and also, he's a guy who plays everywhere, and he's a good clubhouse guy. Everybody knows him. So um, they definitely, though, have to get a starter, at least one, if not two. I don't know who's out there, though. I mean, what, who are we really thinking is available at this time? Giolito out of Chicago. I just saw earlier, teams are calling about Dylan Cease, but Chicago's saying absolutely not. They said that we're not re. It's not a rebuild. We're going to compete next year. But, man, does the White Sox ever compete? Nah, like, I mean. <laughs> when you look at that team, do you think, oh, they're just a step away or they're going to figure it out? I mean, how many years has this been going on now? Like, it just is, you need to tear it down. I mean, and, and this and is this a division that we've talked about all summer, spring into summer. It's there. Twins now, you know, twins came in. They Twins lost today. They were seven and three in their last ten. So now it seems like they're going a little bit. I threw a little ticket on Cleveland to win that division just because it was getting close right by the All Star break and had a pretty good number at it. But the White Sox, I don't know. And if somebody comes in and says, "We'll give you this and this and this for Dylan Cease," you wouldn't take it. So their starting rotation for the White Sox is Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Mike Clevenger, Michael Kopech, and Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's their fifth starter. Like, how are they this bad? <laughs> like, the lineup's not bad. Like, they just, it never meshed there. So, I, I don't understand how you don't blow it up. Because you need to go find a way for everyone to get on the same page and win games. La Russa's damage may be hanging around longer than we thought. Matt, do you think? Uh, here's, Jason made the statement that I want to key on. Who's actually out there? Like, who's seller? The problem is, there, if you look at the standings, and you would actually like to think, like, a GM of the White Sox, has to say, hey, we're sellers. The Royals, obviously sellers. But in the American League East, no one's a seller. Everybody's five games over 500. They're not selling. Uh, the AL West, four out of the five over 500. They're not selling. So at least the A's, the Royals, and maybe the White Sox in the American League. Then if you go to the National League, it's really only the Nats, the Mets probably don't think they're out of it yet, even though they're morons. Mets are seven the games Mets. out of first coming in to the wild card. I think they're losing yeah, tonight. Yeah. I, I would count the Mets selling because their owner's been pretty straightforward about this. So, like I said, and there's a lot of money they can move easily. Those guys are named guys. So, they can free it. They'll respend it next year. You know, that's the team I think that's going to hold all the cards. Mm-hmm. If you see Scherzer go or. Another big name. I think it's going to be the Mets who do it. So, or even like Jose Quintana, if, if somebody who doesn't want to spend a lot. I mean, they didn't get anything out of him. He'll have his second start tonight against the Yankees right now. But you know, he's shown he he was the Cardinals' best pitcher in the playoffs last year. Yeah. They, so, so they had a guy. I mean, they had a guy on Visa today, and they talked about the Mets, and they said Verlander could be Scherzer. No way. They said they just this guy go, and I I'm. Again, I apologize. I was doing stuff this morning, and I didn't write it down who the guest was. But they said, Verlander, do not be shocked if the Astros go hard at him and try to bring him back. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. 
Now, okay, so here's the team. Let me bounce really quick. I'd love to hear both. So I'm going to throw the Pirates out, and I'm not trying to do it because that's my team, and Jason has the hat on, and that's his team. But David Bednar is one that his name got brought up. And, you know, a lot of Pittsburgh people are not going to be happy because, you know, he is a very good closer, got the got the save today in a tight situation. He's under contract, I think, until 2027, I think it is. So, I mean, it's yeah, a lot of – and he's one of the best – I mean, he's he's – one of the best closers in baseball it was an all-star mm-hmm. zero. I think he gave up his first run today on the road all season, but Texas, Texas bullpen ERA 4.77 ERA. It's not very good. Now they made a move about a month ago. Maybe I'm, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a month. Jason saying, okay, so I'm going to go a month with Chapman. Well, he didn't do very good the other night. Chapman has a his. I mean, Chapman's getting up there. Little wild, you know. Could you do a left righty? Could this be? A, yeah. Could could Texas? And as a pirate fan, I'm gonna. I'll go to Jason first with this, and then Maddie will always gives his two cents about the pirates living up in that area and hearing a lot, and then I'll give my two cents on this. If you if they come in with a a blockbuster, you do it, Jason. Yeah, it's closer. Thank you. Like, okay. it's a, it's, Good answer. I mean, the problem is, is they've marketed him so much that they've created their own issue. Like, his bobblehead is literally the day before say, the trade deadline. I was going to say bobblehead night's coming up. What in the blue <laughs> are they thinking? Like, you had that thing a month ago. So, was, we saw that David Bednar is a local kid. That, like I said, they've, it's, they've, made, they've made their own bad PR, which is tremendous. You know, got to give them a lot of credit there. Uh, but, it, I mean, in reality, he's a closer. They've had a lot of bad drafts. Like that's the one thing you're talking about. This, this their farm system now is extremely top heavy because we realize a lot of the things that are underneath it are pretty much terrible. All the trades they made that were at the right time, the right idea to trade Musgrove and Tyon, all those things, they haven't panned out. Like there's nobody from those trades that's really producing for them except Stowinski, who went for like Adam Frazier. Um, so I, you got to you got to get talent in this team. I think they've done decent with this last. Well, the last draft's actually getting panned. The one before that I thought was actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, you just need to get guys. Like they're no closer than they were to start a list this year. Fangraphs like, just came out today and said they have the best minor league system in baseball. Because uh, yeah, but it's I don't agree with it. I, it. There's a lot of talented guys, but they're not getting any better. I mean, you can kind of see it with the two guys that are up here. Like you know, Davis is a, a legitimate. Those tools are real. That's a good ball player. He's not. A, he he's learning on the fly here. Why is that? He, I mean, he was a really good college player. It should not take three years to get him to the pros as a right fielder, no less. Yep, I agree. Uh, Nick Gonzalez. When you see Nick Gonzalez play, you see how fast he is. You see the bat speed. You see, that, like, what the heck was he just scuffling down there at Indy for? Like, what is going on with their farm? So they've got talent down there, but they're not developing any of it, and it's, it's frustrating. Okay, Maddie, go real quick, and then I'll, I'll chime in here. Um, Same question. Would you do Bednar to Texas? And does it make sense? Let me say, does it make sense for, do, or do you think Texas doesn't have to be Bednar? Maybe I should have, just for any arm in the bullpen for Texas. No, I, I actually think this is where the Dodgers come into play. Uh, so the Dodgers have had great closers recently, um, and they have no closer right now. That's true. Texas actually has Chapman, um, Will Smith, and Jose LeClerc, who actually closed in prior years as well. I know Jason's just snickered, but he at least has the makeup to actually go in yeah, the late innings. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, 
But the Dodgers' bullpen is brutally bad right now. They have nobody to rely on. That is their biggest weakness. Like, like they're still going to hit the ball, and they're still going to score, and they're going to get arms back for pitching. Kershaw will be back. So I think if the Dodgers were to offer you their best prospect or even second or third best prospect for Bednar, you hit the you pound the button like uh, the commercials. I mean, just just fire away. I mean, Dodgers' bullpen's good. There's no closer there. Like, there's a lot of good arms, but, like, you know, if you kind of put one in there, everybody snaps in the place where they should be. Yeah. So, and I, I got yeah, one, I got one more quick question here, but I'll, I'll chime in here, too. And as for Pirate fans getting all pissy, I agree with Jason and Matt. If there's a great deal, Garvey, Garvey's – Biddy, let me ask you to counter though. Do you trust this front office to make that deal? No. That's what I mean. That, <laughs> no. that's, that's like the double no, edged sword I mean, of it. It's, like, it's 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 iffy. I agree with a lot. I think they're doing some good things, but it just seems like there's always a curse or anything. But for a closer, and this here's my point. Garvey said this years ago. When you're in like last place, you don't need a closer. Everybody throws about a hundred now. You'll find somebody. So if someone's gonna really overpay, you do it. You do it. Sorry, I, I would do it in a second. And again, Mitch Keller, you know, and people are all mad because there's another name got and they're like, oh, you, what are you doing? All-star and he's under, okay, listen, he is good. He's he's come, battled back. His last couple starts haven't been great. Some team comes in and really overpays for somebody. You got to do it. And, I, you know, it is what it is. And I know Pirate fans, you're frustrated. And every year we do this and, Trust me, I get bashed all the time by people, especially on this show with Maddie, and I have to take it because they do mess up. So uh, it, it is what it is. So They're not a player away. They're not even no, like five players no. away. They got to keep like, at it, man. You got to keep at listen, it. Listen, if no one is selling pitching and you have a pitcher that people want, sell the yeah. pitcher. I mean, you know, he has no loyalty to his team. He basically built himself up. He was a lost prospect, and he went to drive line and got his mechanics right, yep. got his velocity up, and kind of re- changed his approach to pitching. Absolutely, and the Pirates kind of agreed to it afterward. He he built himself, so he, yeah, he did. Absolutely, great point. There. Great point. Jason. He will definitely be more than happy to go somewhere to win some games for people, and, he, and he's been a battler all year. The other day when he got shelled against it was the Indians, I think, and he went out there and gave him six innings because they needed six innings. That just shows you that's a quality guy. Like starters hate doing that. And he knew what he was doing. He knew the stats were going to get beat up, but he still went out there because they had no one to pitch. No one was ready for them. So I gave him a lot of credit for that. And that's going to be a valuable ad for anybody. But I mean, if he can get you three good prospects, you have to do that deal. Like I said, they're just, this four year plan is stuck and they need to keep getting guys because they're not ready. And the nice thing is I like watching them because they're playing with the younger guys now. I love the younger guys. They're playing guys yeah, 21, 22, 23 years old. You drafted Paul Skeens. Again, the best player in that draft they went and got. So I'm excited. I agree with you. If you can get some more pieces, man, add on. All right, really quick. Last team, I just want to bounce. Um, and if you guys want to add anything with the trade, because I do, again, I love the trade deadline. That's an all day. You get up and just sit on the couch and refresh your phone and have TV on and just see what's going on. Local team here, Baltimore. You know, this is a team that's in first place playing really well. They're losing to the Phillies right now. They have a just a loaded minor league system. Um, is it Jackson? I'm losing his first name. Jackson Holiday, Matt Holiday's kid that was drafted number one last year. I think he's 19 years old. He's up in double A already here. 
just yeah. crushing the ball already. I mean, the, the guy's going to be in, he's going to be in the major leagues probably by next year. Uh, very good chance. Um, if they, you know, if the process continues, is this a team? Cause they have not been a winning team. If you're the GM and I'll start with Maddie here, do you go, I'll put all the chips on the table, man, and say, let's, let's just go and get that superstar or two people or maybe the average player just to go try to win it this year. What's your thoughts? on the Baltimore Orioles. This this is the team right now. After the flip with the Rays, they have all the moxie, everything going their way. They actually have like a fan base that's excited. Uh, other people, even us, it, myself, I'm actually excited to watch this team. They do have the best farm system right now. Colton Calzer, D.L. Hall, Gunnar Henderson, Jackson Holiday, other guys. This, I wish when we did the show two weeks ago, this was my pick to potentially go get Otani. It's it's kind of asinine for me to say it, but I think they're the only team in the AL who can go get Otani right now, and then I think it's the Braves in the NL to go get Otani, and that makes the biggest splash. I don't know if the Orioles will do it because they've built this right. They've done everything correct, and they're playing so good, but they have to make one move. They need... They need a starter in there, somebody who's a playoff battle kind of guy who can go out and and like uh, help these young guys along and tell them what what they're about ready to get ready for. Yeah, I I, I don't agree with going after Otani because, like you said, they've built the farm system up, and the yeah. best thing about them is that these guys are cashing in. Like they, they draft these guys in the first round, they come up and they play right away and contribute. It's amazing, like how they've built that starting nine out of first round draft picks. Um, but yeah, you don't empty the system yet. But if you could get a youngish guy, like somehow if they were in the mix for like Keller and Bednar, you know, as a support role, because obviously Batista's been lights out as a closer, but I'm just saying that's the kind of guy I think you would go get because you're going to get a couple years of control. If they could get someone with some control left and maybe give up one of those guys, the prospects who have maybe a little higher ceiling than the guy they're acquiring, I would do it. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I, I just be careful. You don't want to really upset it and everyone's going to be back next year, I think. And, you know, you kind of got to start pitching though. You kind of need to address that new off season. Cause I don't think you're gonna get the same season out of those guys next year though. And I, I took a picture of this on VEASAN today. Cause there were some games that were crazy last night. Twins led six, three in the eighth and lost. I had, I had the Dodgers last night. I went to bed. They were getting blown out. I woke up and that was a winner. Toronto led 7-3 in the ninth and lost. Baltimore led 3-2 in the ninth, two outs and lost. And the Rockies led 5-2 in the eighth and lost. Rockies again today. Good, because I had the Nationals yesterday, last night, and I had the Nationals again today, and the Rockies blew that game. So again, man, these bullpens are just, we've said it all year, man. And that's why I think Bednar, that's, could a team really go crazy? They could. It really could for him. So, Betty, I think if you look at Bednar, though, you, like if if I go back and Google who did uh, who did the Brewers get for Josh Hader, oh, and and I think that might be like the comp for what teams are going to offer for Bednar. Yeah, and I don't think that's it's a good, any, that's a good comparison. I was yeah. thinking about years ago. Who is our guy that's in jail now? Velasquez was it Velasquez? Is that his last name? Yeah, that was his, uh, yeah. Okay, so he's in jail. We don't have to go into why he's in jail, 
But I, you know, Dodgers were big on him. Too bad we didn't make that deal because then that would have been the Dodgers issue. But they wanted some top. So, yeah, I mean, again, and Maddie, you made a great point. These teams might hold. And sometimes it's crazy. Other times you're like, wow, that deadline was brutal. I think that, you know, because I think in years past, you could always go in and there was, you could still do some deals, like some different kind of deals and get people on your team. And now it's like, nope, no more trades. This is it. So somebody could, but again, they might not. So we'll have to, we'll have to hold off. So we'll break it down next week. It should be exciting. Show next Wednesday trade deadline will be a day before. So we'll break it down. Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do no break tonight, man. We're firing. We want to talk golf. We want to go into a little football talk. The guys want to do some football talk here. I'm trying to keep this for about an hour show. Let's just recap really quick. British open last week. What's your just Jason overall, Brian Harmon just played fantastic overall thoughts of the British open. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, they were trying to get that uh, momentum going to get Rom in there and Rory to get him, and he just never even wavered. You know, he just played his game. You can see him, obviously, everyone made fun of the waggles, <laughs> which were abundant. I mean, Sergio Garcia probably enjoyed it. But, um, yeah, it, he just kind of just stayed in his game plan, and just, like, it was really impressive how he kind of kept his cool and never really wavered the whole time. And uh, yeah, I don't really think he got enough uh, uh, accolades out of that. I thought like the British media was pretty harsh on him because they didn't really appreciate his uh, – you know, uh, Georgia culture there with the hunting and the fishing and the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, but, you know, hey, that guy, you know, he's a guy, when we do this thing, you're always on your top four, Brian Harmon, because you know he'll give you a solid effort. Um, some of the courses may be too long for him, especially in the U.S. Open. Um, but, you know, he's always solid, and it's kind of nice to see him get rewarded. He's just one of those grinder guys who's always around, a good, solid player, and, you know, he kind of just had his week and took advantage. And Maddie, Maddie in our golf draft drafted him in the third round. So congratulations to our guy Matt here on the big win in the golf draft with uh, Harmon. So what'd you think, Maddie? That was great. Harmon won me some cash. He was in my DFS lineup, uh, the fantasy league. So it was. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the weather on Sunday was going to play a bigger role, and then a kind of. Mother Nature then backed off the gas a little bit and just made it wet. So it, it wasn't too bad. And it, he came out of the gate both Saturday and Sunday and looked like he was going to struggle. He had started plus two, plus two. And I was like, oh, man, he's going to fade. And I cursed you guys out. I think it was Jason sent something. I was like, F you. I was like, man, <laughs> don't, don't reverse jinx this for me. But, yeah, he grind, He truly grinds it out. Uh, the waggles, who cares? He's I guess he said a lot of people said to him on the course, British fans and folks said, you don't have the stones to win this. And he yeah. basically took it as a challenge and he proved everybody wrong. I mean, he beat the number one player in the world by what, like 19 shots or something. So yeah. he, 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 he actually surgically carved up that course when you look at it. Hey, great job. You were just looking for somebody to get on because I was actually saying I was worried Cameron Young was going to tank him because it I seems know. like when we get to these these matters with the the uh, majors that whoever's in that last pairing who's not playing well doesn't play well like he he circles the drain and usually brings a guy down so that's I was worried Young when he started off was going to do that but he actually played pretty well uh, after that and kind of you know played right with him which definitely helps the guy like Harmon. You know what yeah. they said today on the numbers game with Gill and uh, Kelly? I think it's I. <sighs> I think it was 2017. I might be incorrect on the year, but it's gone back. The player that's been in the top 10 the most is Brian Harmon. Really? That's what they said on VEASAN today. 
yeah, he just he's just one of the he's a, he's a guy, right? He's nothing exceptional. There's nothing about his game's exceptional, but he's always you know you know the name because he's always on you know he's, he's a board hitter. So, I was yeah. really shocked. So I didn't do very well on my picks uh, that I gave out. That was, I was doing really well the last couple of weeks. I was skunked out on that one, but no, Brian Harmon played fantastic. All right, here we go. We're going to fire some winners this week for everyone here. So we got the three M open at TPC twin cities. It's a par 71, 7,431 yards. It's an Arnold Palmer design. If you listen to a lot of these shows and everything, they say it looks like a Florida course. 27 yeah. bodies of water. All right, so past winners. Tony Finau, 2022, minus 17. Cameron Champ, minus 15. Michael Thompson, minus 19. And Matthew Wolf, minus 21. Hearing some things, the par three, par fours are not bad overall. I mean, again, this is not a star-studded uh, event overall with major big names in here. There's a couple good ones here. I think, you know, you got Finau, you got Matsuyama, M, Cameron Young, JT, and we'll talk about JT really fast here in a second. Uh, they did grow the rough out last year. Win can be a problem here. It hasn't been, I think, last year really at all, but wind can be an issue here. Rain on Thursday, it looks right now okay the rest of the week here or the weekend. Again, JT, I just want to jump to JT before we do some plays here because we're getting to the end here, and you got to be, I, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, top 70 to make the playoffs. I yeah, think, sure. and that's coming How's up. 75, maybe. 75? I thought it was 70. Okay. Definitely but, in that number range. Okay, so we're in that range here. And you got some guys that are close here. JT is one that a lot of people said that he would have never played this. But he's right. I think he's like 75th. So he's right there. So he has to start playing well. I mean, do we take a – does anybody take a flyer on JT to get a – I mean to win this to get a oh Jay okay Jason go for it I love it <laughs> I'm going give him a I'm taking him to top twenty plus one twenty like you said there's so much at stake here it's not just the, you got the FedEx you've got just like you're basically have had an awful season probably your worst season since on tour since maybe your rookie year and the Ryder Cup's now at stake too where you know you're gonna have to make some funky decisions there with the end of that roster and he's got to put himself out there to show he can play I'd rather have him on the team playing well but if he's not playing well I don't want him there. Um, so I think he's going to show up this week. You know, this course suits him. He plays those Florida courses really well. So he's going to feel comfortable on this course. You can say he hasn't played there much, but he plays really well in courses like it. So I'm going to, I'm going to take him. I think there's some decent value at top 20 there. Uh, and a little CB shows up. I like it. No chance. For okay. No chance. No chance. I had written him no. off. No way. Uh, <laughs> cross cross him off then. <laughs> <laughs> he is on the no fly list. Yeah. He, uh, he looks lost. I, I don't know what it is. And I think this course actually is going to hurt him a little bit because I think they've moved some tees around to make it harder for the bombers and the water is going to come into play a lot more. So they're looking at more guys for basically, as they say, target golf. And uh, it's basically a approach course and then scrambling around the greens. And I mean, it, you sum up scrambling, Thomas is scrambling and not in a good way. I would say I would keep fading him. I, I would not have him on any kind of card. He didn't make my card, but 
man, it was close. I wanted to throw him in there and something because you could get a really good number here. So I do have my card. I mean, I'll throw some names out. Um, are you guys set? You guys have a good feel yeah. for this? Okay, Jason, let's start with you this week, man. Where where are we going? What's some names that let's throw it out to some people here, try to win some money? Well, guys, we, we don't talk about a whole lot here. I know you mentioned like you, that list. Obviously, Tony Finau, well-known, but the rest of the list, not as much. Cam Champion, we see him at the Masters every year somehow. Um, besides that, we don't see him for the rest of the year. Uh, we got a guy named Eric Cole, who is a kind of a horse-for-the-course guy. Plays the Florida courses pretty well. Has some pretty good numbers on uh, what's called the Ron Colossus Twitter site, looking through his shots gained in this type of course, like a heavy water course. So I got him for a top 20 for plus 200. Doug Gim, guy won a U.S. Amateur a couple years ago. Didn't play real well beginning this year. He's come on later. The putting, the flat stick's starting to play for him. So I'm going to take him as a top 20 plus 275. And then Carson Young. Not Cam Young. Carson Young. I got him for top 40 and top 20 at plus 200 and plus 600. Another guy, horse for the course, plays well on these Florida uh, waterfield courses. So that's my five bets because, I, like I said, JT, I got him for a top 20. I think he circles the wagons. I think at least he gets himself into the playoffs. He gets himself in the Ryder Cup. Matt, do you have your feels? I do. Um, I, I'm just pulling up the odds right now. So here's my lineup, and I'm actually going to put these guys in for probably to win, too. So I really like Adam Hadwin, plus 3,500 to win. JT Poston, plus 5,000 to win. Sung J.M. is my, uh, I'm going to say my horse for the course, plus 1,600. I'm I'm not high on him. And then I have four flyers. I, I'm actually going to cut it to three flyers because Brant Snedeker is always on my no-fly list, so I'm going to cross them off then too. <laughs> um, but three names to look out for, long shot. Grayson Sig. Ryan Gerard to finish top 30 and Bryce Garnett are three long shots who all Garnett actually has really good course history here. Gerard is playing well on the corn ferry. And I think he's done got bumped up and, and hit some boards in some other recent events. And then Grayson Sig also has good course history here. So that's why I'm going to play those three. All right. I went, I looked at just some course history here because I had a couple names down. And again, uh, you know, Wes Reynolds that's been on the show does a fantastic job. And, you know, they're um, long shots, great podcasts, heat stroke, Brady Cannon that's been on, great podcast. I went Emilio Grillo, second last year, 100th, 2021, not good, but third. I have him to win. And had a good have, showing at the British too. And I he have did. I have him to win twenty eight hundred and then uh plus six hundred top five. And then Maddie, I think you said this guy, because I was trying to write down a couple of your guys your names. Adam Hadwin, I threw another guy to win. I have him to win also. So I have two guys yeah. to win. I have Grillo and I have Hadwin on this. Okay, so this guy, I don't know much about this guy, but looking at stats and listening to some of those shows I just threw out and some reading some other things. Aaron uh, rye. Yep. Uh, top yep. 10, man. Strokes gained approach. Good drives, driving accuracy. You look at a lot of stats that these guys are saying to look for, man, this guy's in the top of everything. So I took a shot with him. Top 10 plus, uh, four, uh, 50 on that Lucas Glover, man. Everybody loves Lucas Glover this week. 
Lucas Glover's another one. Pretty good stats on this. If you look, I mean, he's finishing in the top 10 a lot of the a lot of these tournaments. A lot of people are on him. I did a plus 210 top 20 best bet um, for the tournament. And then I went back to that. I do have down Eric Cole. I did not bet him, but I do have him down in my notes too on that one. I think that's a good one. I think Jason had him. That Chez Ravi. Uh, making, I think I have down on my notes, last eight, he's made the cut, good stats in this. I have him at plus 330, top 20, also in this tournament. So that's my card. I'll put that I wouldn't fight you on anything. Yeah, I, I might have to go with Hadwin as yeah, a top Canadian here, too, plus 155. The only the only one of those guys I don't like, Smitty, is I am not on the Lucas Glover train. Okay. Well, yeah, a lot of people are. I just, but I mean, yeah, I understand. Adam Hadwin, let me just look at my notes really quick here. Uh, Last year, 38th, 2021, 6th, did not play in 2020, and then was 4th in 2019. Yeah. So, and he's He's got to win this year, I believe, already. And I do, I do, Matt, you said M, right? I think you had him on your card because we threw a lot of names out there for everybody. Um, You know, you pick where you want to play here. Um. I kind of liked him, too, uh, with that. I had him, but I just didn't put him down on my card. So we'll see if we can bounce back on that. Anything Aaron else? Aaron Rye, plus 650, top Euro. Man, is yeah, everyone's on him. I mean, you look at all the stats. I, I had to look him up to see what the guy even looked like. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, I did. I mean, I really did. And But if you look at, you listen to all these shows, and you take some of these guys that have been on our show and their golf you know, expertise a little bit about this. And then you look at the stats, he's in all these stats for this. And it's like, why not? I got to get him on my card somehow on this. So but you know what you should do it for fun. What's that? But take, take Aaron Rod. It will be first round leader. That would be a big money. That'd Throw be a some good piece one. Of money. I mean, if you, if you like the guy, why not? I want to get JT on my card. Larger than and I know Brady, <laughs> li- listen to the heat stroke podcast. When I was walking I, I wrote today to Brady, and I did it down in Florida, too, because I, I love his podcasts, and I said, heat stroke, walking down in Florida, I could have a heat stroke, and today here in Manassas, I could have had a heat stroke, how warm it was on that, and I think he had a JT beating somebody, I think he had it over Grillo, which I have him to win, so that wouldn't be good for me, but um, he was looking at him just with, um, I think it was their pizza, pizza money of the day or something like that it was it was good odds for jt i mean if J, jt a couple weeks ago smaller field not big names played well so we'll have to see but again i kind of man it's it's in, it's going to be a guy that i'm really going to follow on the on the leaderboard where he's at because you know jason has him i might throw something down on him maddie thinks no way so we'll no have way. To, we'll have to We'll have to see here. So, all right, we got about, I don't know, like 10 more minutes here. Uh, the boys wanted to talk some football, and we're about ready to get into football, and we can't wait, man. We really enjoy talking college football and pro football going into it. The big story down here, it's finally happened, everybody. There was I'm shocked there wasn't more parades down here. Daniel Snyder finally, the sale went through. Josh Harris Magic Johnson, I saw Magic Johnson today on Twitter put out, uh, they're on a yacht over in Greece or something. His whole family had commanders shirts on and everything like that. So 
I, whatever, to me, it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's happened. It's time that Daniel Snyder's kind of gone away. So let's go with Jason. Maddie's the commander's fan. Let, we'll let him go second here. Jason, are you just glad this is out of the news? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's really like a marquee franchise. At least it was. And, you know, they've been in like purgatory now for like almost like 30 years, it seems like, with this guy who could, could never get it right. Completely disenfranchised the entire fan base. He's so bad that other like markets like me feel bad for the DC market, you know, like that, that they had to go put up with all of that. They're still finding stuff on him as he goes out the door about how he didn't pay the NFL, which just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to pull that stuff, you just, you don't uh, bite the hands that's feeding you. Um, but just one of the worst owners ever. It just shockingly how bad he was considering the means that he had and everything other businesses that he's run. So it's just nice to have a, a football team back in Washington. I don't know what they're going to call him. I don't know what they're going to look like. All I know is the first game back, you got to bring back throwback uniforms. You got to bring back every living hog, Joe Theismann, whoever you have, just get, bring back the whole family and get it all connected again and kind of just re, reconnect with your fan base, even maybe sell that place out for the first time in like 15 years and just get everybody like all excited. Even if you don't have the greatest year, just kind of just say, hey, we're back. and We're actually going to act like a normal franchise. We may not be good. We may not be bad, but we're not going to embarrass you. What do you think, Maddie? So I'm glad it's finally over. And now let's see what they actually do with it. Magic Johnson's everywhere anymore. So I don't know how he got his foot in this door, but so <laughs> this thing, this franchise from 76 to let's roughly say 93 was awesome. I mean, they, they may have had the best home field advantage out of anybody uh, playing in old RFK. I mean, the, the place actually literally shook. It actually moved. They had a band. They had the Hogs. They had cheerleaders. They had, uh, I mean, they were, they were pulling from Baltimore. They had like a triple fan base, what they do now. The Ravens have stole fans, obviously. But, yeah, it's, they're going to be back. Now, how do they market it is a huge thing, like Jason said. they got to come out firing hot. I do think they need to change the name. I hate the Commanders. I think they're going to come up with something a little more catchy. We've always said on the show it's probably the Red Wolves, but we'll see about that. They might try to go a little more fancy now with the new regime in. But the problem is they're the fourth best team in the division, and it's not going to go well out of the gate, I don't think, this year. Uh, Sam Howell's a little risky at QB. So they have talent. They have great defense. But can they put it all together? And the coach is still a huge question mark. So, Smitty, I love what they did. I'm going to be all for it, and I'm going to I'm going to be really excited week one. I, say. Where's the hope? Where's the hope? The I'm a realist. is dead, man. I'm a, I'm a realist. I know you gotta be, you gotta be pumped for until, until you you're like be one in four. This, man. No way. I'm a I'm a realist. Right. Time out. Time out. If Bob Nutting tomorrow decides he is done with the Pirates, I don't even care who he tells them to. You don't think that me and Smitty are going to be on this podcast doing like the Cotton Eye Joe dance R and R like <laughs> celebrating? Yeah, but like after what we've been through, you gotta be like, it doesn't even matter. If he's just like average, it's a, such an improvement. You, you gotta be excited. Come on, let's see it. It's been average. That, that's all we've been is average. But you I haven't had an average it. owner. They've actually been average with like this awful owner, and now they actually well, have a chance. The, the owner is only a third of the equation. So, well, yeah, but that one, 
may have been a little more than that. <laughs> it was. I mean, the facilities were trash. You can even see their uh, uh, training camp. Sewer pipes, was, man. Sewer pipes yeah. were breaking on people. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You just, need, you just needed to hear there was possums running around, and we would have been in the same situation <laughs> as Oakland and everything. So I just can't. I'm excited that they're 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 new, and it's going to kind of reset. But I'm not excited where they sit from a talent standpoint and what they got going on. So it's a it's a double edged sword. That's just fair point. And you know the thing is, I heard on the show today. They said, what an easy for that guy, Josh Harris, to come into this situation and go, like, what can you do wrong, really? People love him. Love him. Already. Oh, do the opposite, whatever Snyder did. I mean, yeah. Just do the opposite. I mean, they said that's the easiest <laughs> just walk-in job and everyone loves you. And then, you know, they had all these, like, um, parties and everything, and he called in and bought beer for everybody. And now they love uh, him even more now. I mean, this guy's like, yep. you know, give it a year or two and they suck. Then he might yeah. be hated again. But again, right now, this guy's loving life probably. And again, like, I don't know, again, Magic John. Hey, Magic Johnson's a talker. I mean, he always has been. I mean, he is everywhere. So I don't know how he got in. I mean, they needed a little bit of money. I did Josh Harris have a little bit of the Steelers. He did. He yeah, did. The Steelers okay. are now the, uh, the testing ground for all future owners for a bunch of teams. <laughs> yeah, they like, you know, they, they give you a share of the Steelers. You see how it works. And then they, uh, you get to spend all your money on a real team. Yeah, there, there you go. So real quick, uh, we just want to bounce because, again, like I said, we're going to be diving in here. I mean, coming up here in the next, like, maybe two weeks, we're going to really start. We like to break down conferences and college football and, you know, NFL. We're going to really be diving in and concentrating. And again, if you're on live watching with us, man, send in questions on teams, and we'll try to do our best to answer NFL or college Anything else in the NFL, guys? I know you guys were talking about running backs. I mean, that's a position. You know, Elliott, I don't think, is on a team yet. Barkley just signed, I think, a one-year deal. Um, who's uh, Josh uh, Jacobs left Vegas, which isn't good. I think he's on two of my fantasy teams. What's overall, what's happening with these running backs, Jason? I, You know, it's just reality setting. I mean, this has been going on now for like a decade where teams have moved on from guys. I mean, like, basically it all started with Eddie George, right? When he, age 30, he was toast, and people started realizing, well, a lot of these running backs were toast by then. And you just hear, I don't understand why people think they deserve so much more money. I mean, they get paid fairly well for the time that they're there. They just don't get that second huge contract. But that's just kind of the rules of engagement, right? Like, you're hearing, like, PFT, Mike Florio saying that no quarterback should sign until they get their running back their money. What, what world does he live in? <laughs> like he was like the agents should collude because they're allowed to, which they are. He was absolutely right. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a street lawyer at best, but I know that's true. But so my client is a quarterback is going to pass up 10 million a year, which is 4% less than I want to get so that the running back can sign and tear out his ACL. And then they can play the, the fifth round draft choice and he can put up the same production. Just reality. I mean, it's a, it's a position that you can be good at early. But you know what? You're gonna get beat up, and you know you're not gonna be that great late. And it's just the reality of the situation. Now, if they figure out some kind of like salary cap exemption that you can pay guys more in their early contract, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's one of the positions you exempt. I would look at all the positions, ones that have the shortest shelf life. Let them get a little more money than the uh, the slot that they've set up. Besides that, life's tough sometimes. <laughs> I I do feel bad for the running back though. Um, <laughs> I think their average salary is less than the kickers now. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's pretty awful. But that's going to tie into my next point. I think the players' union needs to step in. And 
they're the weakest they've ever been right now in the NFL, the players union. Somebody needs to come in and kind of like Jason said, some, some sort of floor, something has to be set for these guys. I, I think going forward, nobody's going to want to play that position. All the kids anymore, like Jason said, my son's not playing football, this and that. I think even more so, I think people are going to say, I'm not playing running back. I just want to be a wide receiver or yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go to a completely different position and you can play uh, Scotty Jones back there constantly and hand him the ball twice, but we're going to throw 50 times. So yeah, I think there, I think we couldn't be in for a huge change of uh, overall gameplay. If the running back just keeps deteriorating the way it is, you're going to see more guys like Antonio Gibson um, where you kind of half and half. Like you may get some carries, but um, Debo Samuel, you're going to see a lot more of that kind of player because they're going to want to be, you know, positioned as wide receivers. So officially, my my 12 year old son retired from football after watching the quarterback series on Netflix. That, that that's he saw enough of those hits and said, yeah, I don't want any part of that. So I, I he clearly got somebody's brains in that that because yeah. If you play football, you want to be here. Here's my advice to all the people: third string quarterback with a clipboard. Absolutely, pooch punter. Pooch punter? Just any any, any kicker because you get to play golf three days a week. And, yeah. uh, you know, just keep your leg in shape. And you, like Matt just said, you're making more than the running backs now. Now yep. we we had John Condo on, former Raider. On you know he played about a gig. He he was long snapper. He went and played at Maryland. We've had John on I think twice. And I remember in college. I remember. Okay, so real fast story. His dad told my dad one time. John made a comment and said, you know, in college, when you snap, they can't hit you. But he said, man, when you went in the NFL, you can, like, when you write, they can drill you really fast. And he said, man, what a difference. But, yeah, you know, John was a linebacker and was trying to be. And then Maryland one time, and I think did get in games at Maryland at linebacker. And then they were like, hey, we need a long snapper. And, I mean, yeah, John Connor, Pro Bowl guy, made a lot of money. If if you're a smaller size guy – and you do not have a great deal of athletic ability to play at the next level, my advice to you is to start snapping the ball between your legs. You'd be amazed if you get a decent time, who's going to come knocking on your door or prefer to walk on or something like that. Because I remember Penn State's uh, uh, snapper when I was there. He was a buddy of a buddy, and he was smaller than me. But he, he could snap it. And uh, my brother even got some looks as because he could snap the ball. So a lot of people want to do it, but it is a skill, and it's hard to do. And if you can do it, you can, you, you'd be surprised where you'd end up. I'm just glad we like to bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else really quick. We got about two minutes before we get out of here. Uh, college foot. Let's bounce college football really quick. couple stories came out again, you know, Northwestern's in a mess right now. I did jump on there under, I think it's three and a half. I know Jason was talking on one show. He's like, I don't like their talent. Then the story broke about, all this stuff. And again, you know, I'm not saying anyone's guilty, uh, but it's a mess. You know, that's taken away from a lot of preparation and it's just a headache. And I looked at their schedule and I was like, man, I don't see the wins. Where are the wins? So I took a, I took a shot. I'm not going to bring it up here right now, but I did take a under three and a half. Now there's a story that broke really late today about Minnesota. Man, these big 10 schools. Goodness gracious. You know, and again, I'm not not. Jay Fleck, no one's guilty yet or anything like that. And, and, you know, is this the new trend, guys? Is this the new thing, guys? Former players are going to come out and say things. I mean, maybe it is. 
we'll have to see. Any thoughts really quick on the Minnesota? Minnesota seems like it's a little different, though. Uh, the hazing stuff, it, like, you know, when they talked about kind of ordering the hazing and things with Northwestern, that was a bad thing. But, you know, it's funny, not a single player has been kicked off the team with that yet. So how long did the hazing occur? And, like, what was really the motivation there, kind of like you were hitting at? The Minnesota thing does sound like a bunch of players who just really didn't like the program and how it was done. And it kind of just gives you an inside look at P.J. Flex's ego and just kind of Minnesota kind of have a, kind of a weird program of how they go about their business. But all the stuff that they mentioned, that story that's kind of salacious, isn't really that salacious. And I'm sure goes on every single place. But, man, I, like I said, any coach who gets a full plastic surgery on his face, none of that is really shocking that he's going to make you clap when he walks into oh, the that, room. That was and the, the best. Applause. What I heard that My story. God. That's a good thing that's a big state because I don't think his ego would fit in any Northeast state. Holy crap. Coming into a room and they had to applaud supposedly. And if he didn't like them applauding and like doing the standing ovation, he'd walk out of the room and then come back in and they'd have to do it again. You'd do it reps of clapping. Like, man, that's, I mean, it takes a lot for a good coach to get Western Michigan good for one season. So I, you can see why he deserves a lot of clapping. Hey, I, 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 really, I really liked him too. I mean, again, no, nothing. We don't know any of this. What whatever is going to come out. I mean, really, like seemed like a positive guy and everything. And I think it's craziness in a lot of college places. But this story might get really good. I mean, it really might get really good here. So we'll have to see. And then the last one, really fast before we get out of here, Colorado sounds like they're going to have a meeting tomorrow, and they're going to go back to the Big Twelve. They're going to leave the Pac twelve, which it seems like a lot of people are leaving the Pac twelve. So, any quick thoughts on that, guys? Somebody, I think, real quick, Smitty, I think you got to go back to uh, Slack, though. Uh, that's like narcissism 101. That, that's, if we're going to use the wrestling to finish up here tonight, that's Mr. Perfect right there, man. Absolutely, <laughs> from Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. The narcissist Come on. I, I want to touch. Yeah, they go around touch with a mirror. <laughs> there, he's looking in a mirror and everything. <laughs> Colorado is the first one to fall. So you're going to probably the rest of those schools are going to come with it too. I don't understand how the Pac-12 doesn't work, uh, given the fact that it has that late TV hour and everybody gambling now is watching those games late. And it seems like places you want to go to school with the weather and everything else. So, man, that's that conference has crumbled. That, that was definitely not one I'd expect to crumble. The Big 12, I thought, would fall apart. And they've got some good leadership because they're, they're pulling it together. They've survived, and now they're starting to get stronger. So, they pull in Oregon and Washington. Those are two higher revenue schools. That's a pretty good conference. And they can do some things with the scheduling to kind of give themselves a good little platform, like 16 teams that are really, none of them are bad. You know who the Big 12 needs to pull back in? They need to go full old school. They need to get Nebraska back. I've heard Missouri as well. Either both that, would that'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, I actually think that would help Nebraska out. Like, Nebraska's like a lost kid in the Big Ten. No, yeah. Nobody cares. Yep, so I agree. If, if you point. get Oregon and Washington with Nebraska, that's three really good gets. That gives that conference a lot of strength, and they're kind of they're at least better than the ACC at that point, and like they're going to survive. And like you know, all those schools are going to be able to kind of compete and like like be legitimate. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I love Pac-12 all- maybe, Pac-12 maybe ways of independence coming soon. Love all those schools. Well, I, you, Oregon State and Washington State are going to have a really hard time because, I mean, they actually might line up better because they have Mountain West size budgets, so they might they might be just more competitive because they won't have to be like at their tippy toes on all these football budgets like they have been for like the last twenty years. All right, last real fast, Major League Baseball. Just a quick update: Cubbies are down two nothing. Matty was 
Lance Lynn, he's dealing right now. It's only in the second, but it's two nothing here. So we'll see what he's happens. Trying to get to LA. Cubs, <laughs> Cubs do have a couple guys on. Yeah, he's trying to get out of there real quick. That's a good thing. <laughs> and the Astros are up three nothing already on Texas, so they jumped on them really fast. Go Braves! That was my best bet I gave out today. So, hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Again, we're gonna be back next week. Put on Twitter, man, fire some football stuff at us. Again, watch us live, do some shows. And again, I say this. Follow all the shows here at Wild Style Network, man. Stand up and shout. Tribe called Jess. Until next week, man, we'll see you. Bang your bookie. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.